Welcome to HIT Podcast, HIT, Human Resources, Insurance, and Technology. I'm your host, Toby Kennedy. As always, we are dropping into your feed weekly on Tuesdays. Like, subscribe, share, tell a friend. We are bringing you a bite-sized, digestible, what I hope is a worthy follow. We're breaking down all the things going on in the space, and this week's episode is sponsored by Montage Insurance Solutions. Without any further ado, let's jump right into your weekly hit. For this week's weekly hit, we want to talk about the fact that we know we're coming up on the end of the year, which often means insurance renewals, which means you might, if you are indeed a calendar year plan year, I know everyone's not, but some people are. And either way, the conversation about complying with the ACA, PPACA, the Affordable Care Act, and the affordability provisions within there, the employer shared responsibility provision, It's a conversation we need to have, especially if you're out there and you're maybe setting your employer-employee contributions for the upcoming plan year, right? So every year when you sit down and get your insurance renewals, you ultimately need to have a conversation about how much of the health insurance, specifically the medical, are we going to pay as an employer and what are we going to leave to the employee? And if they elect this plan, what is their deduction going to be? And how does that map onto the Affordable Care Act and the employer's responsibility to make sure that the plans being offered are affordable? So that's what we're going to dive into. All right. So when the Affordable Care Act came out, they basically said eligible employers need to offer eligible employees affordable health care. Right. And within those, there's a ton of qualifiers. Like what is an eligible employer? We will get into that in a subsequent episode. It's basically anyone with 50 or more full-time, and you got to count your full-time equivalents, employees. But to be honest with you, in practice, the overwhelming majority of the groups that I meet with and talk to and consult with are fully aware of whether they're large enough or not to need to comply. So we'll unpack that at a later date. Which employees are eligible for coverage is a whole nother ball of wax, And we are definitely going to get into that, too, in a subsequent episode on the podcast. So, you know, again, little teasers, make sure you like, subscribe, you know, be involved in in our weekly talks because we're going to get to a lot of these things. And the whole which employee, the look back, measurement, stability, that's a whole conversation. Today, we want to talk about what do you mean by affordable coverage, Mr. and Mrs. ACA? You've told me as an employer, I have to offer affordable coverage. And when the legislation came down the pike, they said, look, we're going to have one of two penalties. Penalty A, is, as the cool kids call it, that's the penalty for not offering coverage at all, right? That's the expensive one. That's the one that started at $2,000 for every single one of your full-time employees, minus the first 30 for some inexplicable reason, you get a 30-employee discount. But that's the penalty where they say, look, if you're not offering coverage to the right number of people, at least within 95%, you're going to be fined $2,000 for every one of your employees, again, minus the first 30. That's been indexed up over time, up to 2880, and it keeps, you know, indexing up. That's the penalty for not offering coverage. The other penalty, the B penalty, is, yeah, you've offered coverage, but was it affordable? Okay, that's the penalty that's at $3,000 per person affected, and that's been indexed too. That's been indexed up to 4460 as well, going up each year, right? But that's on a per person affected basis. So when you're looking at the penalties, the unaffordable penalty, that 4660, that's something to where maybe there's some strategy behind, look, I don't want to blow up the entire employer contribution model to make it affordable for everybody. Because maybe you need to add 
I don't know, a hundred or two hundred dollars per person for every single one of the people that take the benefits in order for it to be affordable, quote unquote, for every single one of your employees. Maybe if there's only a handful of employees, you think, you know what? It's better strategy for us not to change the whole contribution model. Let's just see if we get penalized. Because the penalty is triggered by two things. Number one, yeah, you, you know, sort of failed to offer affordable coverage to the employee, but number two, they have to go out and get a subsidy on the exchange. That's when you're going to get the penalty. So for some employers, they go, look, I would rather be in compliance with this huge swath of my employees and for the onesie twosie rather than, you know, offering them much more affordable coverage. We'll just see if they go get a subsidy from the exchange. We'll roll the dice on getting a penalty because that B penalty, again, not the one for not offering coverage, but the one where they say, hey, it's maybe not affordable. That's on a per person affected basis. So there's maybe a little bit of strategy behind that. Overall, we want to know where the lines are, though. When we're designing strategy, we need to know, okay, what's running afoul of the law and what's not, right? So when we look to see this affordability piece, we want to know affordable relative to what? And that's where some of the safe harbors come in. You've got three safe harbors. You've got your W-2, your rate of pay, and your federal poverty limit. The numbers are indexed every year, and I'm going to jump into those on this episode. Okay, so that's the safe harbor piece where you say, look, you, Mr. and Mrs. ACA, you told me I need to be affordable, affordable relative to what? And that's that piece where they say, okay, we're going to give you one of three ways to determine what the employee's sort of base is. And then every year, we're going to give you the requisite percentage to stay in line from. People often throw out the term 9.5%. That's what it was when the legislation passed, right? When the legislation passed, they said, hey, your plans cannot make the employee only. So I don't care about buy-ups for the cheapest plan in the portfolio. So I don't care about, you know, not only not adding dependents as a buy-up, but buying up to your richer PPO or buying up to any of these other products, but your least expensive medical plan, the employee only tier, the cost share that an employee has to pay cannot exceed 9.5% of their income, right? That's the legislation. Again, that number's been indexed, but when the legislation came out, they picked that number, 9.5% of employees' income. And that, again, is where the employers came back and said, 9.5% of what, though? I don't necessarily know the employee's gross household income. I don't know every place that they make money. I don't know other places they might write off or lose money. You know, I don't know enough to know their gross monthly income. And they said, all right, we're going to give you one of three safe harbors. First of all, again, that 9.5% has been indexed. It moved around. It's actually gone down in recent years. The current 2023 is that 9.12%. And actually for 2024, they released very recently. It's going down again. It's actually going down to 8.39%. So when you're looking to apply the safe harbors, I'll get into in a moment, the number now that your multiplier, it's no longer 9.5% for 2024 actually, it's going to be 8.39%. And that's the figure that you use to say, all right, we're within 8.39% of their gross earnings as defined by either the rate of pay safe harbor, the W-2 safe harbor, or the federal poverty limit safe harbor. The W-2 safe harbor is pretty straightforward. You just take their earnings and box one form W-2, right? So if your employee earned $100,000 a year, then they cannot have their share for the cheapest, not the plan they end up taking, but the cheapest plan in your portfolio for the employee-only section cannot exceed 8.39% of that. 
So obviously in this $100,000 example, to make the math easy, you're saying, okay, on an annual basis in box one, form W2, this person earns $100,000. Therefore, 8.39% uh, of that is obviously $8,390, right? So the annual cost, and if you take that 8,390 divided by 12 on a monthly basis, that's like 700 bucks. Obviously, someone earning $100,000, you're not really uh, too worried about making sure that the coverage is unaffordable for that person, plus they wouldn't be able to get a subsidy anyways. But from a math standpoint, you're saying, okay, that's how we do the math, right? So if you cut that in half, you have a $50,000 salary, for example, that person would have affordable coverage if there's any plan in the portfolio where the employee-only piece is $350 a month or less. That's their share. That's what they have to pay to join the plan. So that's the W-2 safe harbor. The rate of pay safe harbor is just taking their rate of pay times what the Affordable Care Act says is the right sort of number to multiply by, and that's 130. So you take whatever their hourly rate is, you multiply that by 130 hours per month, and whatever that figure comes out to be on a monthly basis is what you need to be within the requisite percent. Again, this year, 9.12. Next year, 8.39% of whatever you wind up doing. The most straightforward way to do this and the way that a lot of employers do it, so long as you've got a plan in the portfolio that qualifies you, right? So some employers that they, they can't get to the federal poverty limit, they don't because they need uh, a higher base number because they charge more for their plans. But for anyone that can do the federal poverty limit, we definitely recommend that because it's super easy, super straightforward. You say, hey, look, we're going to take whatever the indexed requisite percentage is on an annual basis. So again, 8.39% for the 2024 year. And we're just gonna make sure that our plans are affordable within that percentage of the federal poverty limit. So that applies to everybody. So for employers that use that this year, that's that $103.28. If you have any plan in the portfolio where your employee only option is 103.28 or less, you're compliant with the federal poverty limit safe harbor. You don't need to do any other math. You don't need to do any other rate of pay, W-2, any of those things. You just say, look, we have a plan in the portfolio that matches. Now, with next year coming up, that number is actually going to drop. It's going to be just under $102. So if you have a plan that's $101.98 or less in your portfolio, you, that's the employee-only share for the cheapest plan design, you can just use the federal poverty limit safe harbor and your plans are affordable. Obviously, the other half of affordability is the actuarial value, right? How robust are your plans? In other words, how much deductibles and copay does it levy upon your employees? Is it a robust enough coverage? But pretty much any plan you can get your hands on, any plan you can buy in the fully insured world, any plan that any consultant would put forward is going to be affordable from an actuarial standpoint. So once you lock down the actuarial value of the plan, you're talking about the employee co-share. And with the new numbers coming out in 2024, as long as you have a plan in the portfolio, not talking about adding spouses and children, I'm not talking about buying up to other plans, I'm saying the cheapest employee-only option in your portfolio is 101.98 or less, then you are compliant, your plans are affordable per the ACA, and you can use the federal poverty limit safe harbor. If you charge more, you might want to look at the rate of pay. You might want to look at the W-2 because those are other safe harbors you can use to say, hey, look, my plans are affordable, not relative to the federal poverty limit, but based on what we pay our employees, our plans are affordable and we use the rate of pay safe harbor, the W-2, et cetera. 
So you'll wanna look at the various options, see which safe harbor fits you guys best and crunch those numbers because at this time of year, especially if you've got a calendar year renewal, your plans are coming up for renewal, you're getting your renewal increases and you're looking again to see what might my employee, employee or cost shares look like as we go into the new year and are we sure that we're compliant with the Affordable Care Act and the penalties that go with it. That's all the time we have for you this week here on the HIP Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us every week. Join us next week, Tuesday. And until next week, make this the best week yet. Yeah.